Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google, pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Welcome back to the Autism Helper Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to share my interview with Megan Edwards, who is a former special education teacher and current school-based BCBA. We are talking all things staff training for behavior plans. How do you get reluctant staff on board? How do you get buy-in? And how do you find the time? Megan has a lot of great and creative tips that you can bring to your classroom right away. So whether you are a classroom teacher working with paraprofessionals, or you are a BCBA or consultant working on training teams and staff members, this episode is a must listen because it's going to really get your wheels turning about how to get everyone on board with these behavior plans. You may have the most perfect behavior plan, but if no one is listening to it, what is the point? Um, Megan's Instagram account is school-based BCBA. I'm going to throw her handle in the show notes, so make sure to give her a follow and let's go ahead and hear from Megan. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. So I'm excited today to talk about staff training because obviously I love talking about that, but we're going to really focus on staff training with the behavior plan. And I think this is a piece of the puzzle that we don't focus on and teach enough about because it's not just having the right behavior plan. It's getting everyone on board to follow that plan as well. I would agree. I think that's such a huge piece, especially in the school setting. Um, There's so many adults that the kids come in contact with throughout the day. So that can make it a challenge. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not even just the classroom staff. There's all of those other adults outside of the classroom. 
Mm-hmm. So when getting started on having that behavior plan and really pre-planning how you're going to teach this to those contributing adults, whether it's paraprofessionals or a bus aide, what are some key steps that you kind of plan for, get started with when teaching someone how to implement a behavior plan? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, typically, when I am initially working with a classroom or a teacher um, or group of staff members, the, the first thing I have to do is really get their buy-in. Um, a lot of times, um, you know, they've been burned in the past or they have tried so many strategies that um, sometimes I'll suggest similar ones. And so they just are already in a mindset of this isn't going to work. Um, this student shouldn't be in my classroom, that type of thing. And so really, I, I kind of go in um, to a classroom with a plan, not really like, here's my plan. This is what you're going to do. Um, and this is how it's going to be done. Um, I really have to have the, the classroom collaboration and the collaboration from administration, administration, the teachers, the paraprofessionals, because they all kind of have to be on the same page and agree with it and want to do it. Um, so I generally will present different options. Um, like we could do something that looks like this and we could do some, a reinforcement plan that looks like this. And, um, I would suggest doing this and here's two different ways we could do that and kind of like offering them choices that are similar and that could have similar outcomes, but that gives them a little bit more autonomy over how it's been being implemented in their classroom. Isn't that funny that like strategies we use with for students work with adults too, right? We talk about like giving choices and control all the time, but that that's works for adults. Like we like to make choices and have control too. Yeah. And I really find, um, I mean, so many of the strategies that I, to, for me, like the, the teachers and the staff members, those are my clients as opposed to um, like a clinic setting where I'd be working with individuals that I'd be like treating their behavior. Like I'm, I'm generally shaping and um, and changing the adults' behavior in the classrooms and the school buildings that I'm in. I think that's really the mindset you have to have when you are a consultant or a school-based BCBA or whatever administrative role you have, because it's easy just to think, yes, my students, the clients, whoever I'm working with, but there's a piece in between when you're not the one implementing those strategies. Yeah. Um, and I really have to make sure because I, I do serve various schools and districts. And so I'm not like in one school all day long. Um, so I, I can't be everywhere. And so I really have to like train the adults and uh, make sure that they have a good understanding too. Cause um, I've even found like something that sounds really simple to me, like, Oh, the student needs a schedule um, isn't interpreted the same by everyone. Um, so really like showing them how to do it, showing them how to use it. Um, Cause sometimes it'll just be like stuck on the student's desk and then gets lost in the shuffle and they don't ever use it. They just like give it to them and expect them um, to know how to use it and expect that to fix the behavior. Um, so really making sure that they also have a good understanding of what I mean when I say use a schedule. Yeah. That's a good example because we hear that a lot like, Oh, do they have a schedule? And people are always like, yeah, but like, that could be misinterpreted as like, oh, well, I have a schedule on my desk that I use for my day, and that's how the student has a schedule. It's like, well, that's not quite what I meant. Let's, you know, rewind a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I found that things in – it makes sense in my world because that's what I do on a, on a daily basis, but it doesn't necessarily make sense to some of the teachers. 
especially probably if you're working with gen ed teachers too on strategies that maybe just aren't as commonly used or maybe, yeah, all of most of the students in the class don't need an individual schedule, but this student does. Mm -hmm. And these are some ways it could look. And that kind of circles back to that idea of like choices and control that you talked about before. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, and I um, would say I have a, a pretty big mix of like gen ed teachers that I work with, special ed teachers. So it's, um, it gives me good opportunities to bounce back and forth between strategies, but um, yeah, definitely um, has brought perspective into making sure like, that people have the understanding. I liked what you said when we kind of first started talking about this, that you don't come in with your plan. You come in with a plan to collaborate and work together. And it, you know, on first like listen or, you know, interpretation, it, it's a more time consuming process than just coming in. Here's the plan. Here's the right answer. Here's what you have to do. But I think you're right on, on not jumping to that right away because if you don't have the buy-in, the plan doesn't really matter. Like it could be mm-hmm. the most perfect plan ever, but if no one's going to follow it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely um, more time-consuming and something I'm, I'm learning to balance as I go. Um, and also just like building rapport with the teachers, um, you know, just getting to know them a little bit so that they are comfortable asking questions. Again, it's things that we do with um, the typical children that we work with, um, applying that to the adults again. Um, but yeah, building that relationship and that rapport and just not forcing them to do something, um, but letting them have control because teachers like to have control over the things in their classrooms, which I totally get. Um, and so making sure it fits for them, it's going to be easy and doable for them. Yeah. We need that like rapport reinforcement piece first. I have, you know, unfortunately met too many BCBAs that aren't super familiar with schools that have come in and just been like, here's the 73 things you're not doing right that you should be doing differently. (laughs) And those teachers are, you know, immediately turned off. And Mm -hmm. I was talking to a clinic a few years ago, actually of BCBAs. And I was like, a teacher's classroom is kind of like their house. Like you spend more time in your classroom as a teacher sometimes than you do at home. And sometimes you spend more money on your classroom than you do on the decor (laughs) in your home. And it would be like someone coming into your house and being like, I hate your couch. Your couch is so ugly. Like you need a different couch. And that's the offense I think that teachers take. Like they take a lot of pride in in their classroom and what they're doing. And and not that they don't want help, but it comes across wrong. Yeah. And even, um, even just like, yeah, they take so much pride and um, it's just such a different dynamic in the classroom. They're they're already doing so many things and taking care of so many needs, especially the gen ed teachers who have like sometimes 24 kids in a class. And um, we all know teachers, the requirements that they have, you know, it's just a lot. And then behavior is just one more thing. And Um, I just think back to like when I was a teacher and like why I even got started in behavior analysis was because there was no one to go to for help. And um, so sometimes I I know that if teachers are reaching out for that help, that some of them are desperate, you know, they're just in survival Mm -hmm. mode and just trying to make it through the day. And so, um, yeah, just being able to support them in a way that is supportive and not just one more thing that they have to do on their to-do list. Yeah. And I think teachers could use all of these same strategies that you're talking about with their paraprofessionals in their classroom, like developing rapport, giving choices, especially for paras that are one-on-ones or are spending more time with that child if you have a big caseload. You know, you need those paraprofessionals to have buy-in on those strategies as well. So using teachers could be using these same strategies. Yes, definitely. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That could be like a whole so other thing. You know, I know, right? <laughs> the um, you know, the big the big challenges I hear all the time with staff training are, are one, the buy-in, which we've kind of talked about, and the other obstacle is always time. How do we find the time? Whether it's the teacher training the paras or you know, a BCBA or consultant working with teachers and staff, you know, time is, is never abundant. No, very few districts have like beautiful common planning time on a silver platter. So how do you overcome that obstacle and what are some recommendations you have for finding this time within the day? Um, yeah, I have a couple things. Um, cause time management is a big piece of just my job in general, just making sure I can get to everyone because I am in so many different buildings. Um, I try my best again, because I know teachers have like the one 45 minutes of PE time that they might not have kids <laughs> in their classroom. Um, so usually they're like, well, um, when it comes time to like meeting teachers will say, well, you let me know when you can come and like, no, you need to let me know when it's a good time for you. Yeah. Um, because their time, my time can be a lot more flexible as, as far as like fitting the puzzle pieces together. Um, I really just try to, to work around their schedule again, just making it as easy as possible for them. Um, if they're a teacher who wants to get stuff done during lunch, great, but most teachers want their lunches. So I usually don't suggest that. So really just going off of when they can meet. Um, but then as far as, um, that, that would be like just going over strategies, but then as far as like supporting them afterwards, I, I don't try, I don't like to just like dump a plan on a, on a classroom and then like wipe my hands and walk away. I like to spend time in the classroom observing and giving them feedback on the implementation and, and more training. Um, Cause usually the training with the paras, they clock in when kids come and they clock out when kids leave. So they really don't have like time to meet necessarily um, during their contract hours. So usually my time with paras is like in the moment coaching and training um, and generally I think that most of them, um, once they get to know me, um, are open to that and, and learn better that way than they would just sitting down and hearing me tell them what to do. And then they get to see it all in action too, which is so powerful. Yeah. Um, a couple other things that I've done just to, um, get the most bang for my buck is because I support so many different places and I can't be in every classroom and I can't like live there and hang out forever. Um, I'm really finding to maximize that time offering up district PDs or um, even just like groups of teachers within their buildings doing little trainings on different topics so that I can just share like general behavior, like 101 information with, with staff and with paras and with teachers um, just to start like building those skills up um, in their classrooms on just like a day-to-day basis um, to kind of like proactively prevent some of these fires from needing to be put out. Um, that's definitely, I found a, a big increase in like the um, 
the takeaways that staff are getting, like they'll be asking me like, oh, remember when you talked about this? And they'll be like asking me questions. So they are like taking stuff back to their classrooms, which is really good to see. Oh, that's great. And do you see um, interest and buy-in from gen ed teachers wanting to like seek out some of these strategies and interventions? I actually surprisingly get pretty good feedback from the gen ed teachers. I almost feel like they're more open and accepting. Um, And I don't know if that's just because of a recent increase in behaviors just across the board in classrooms. Um, But they seem to be like almost more open than some of even the special ed teachers. They're like so hungry. They're like, we need ideas for our classroom. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So when kind of thinking in reverse, we have these staff members that are coming to you for suggestions that are seeking out advice. But what about on the flip side? What about really reluctant staff that are maybe super set in their ways or, you know, have that kind of mindset like you talked about earlier, like been there, done that. We've tried that. It didn't work. What are some strategies that you find successful for those reluctant staff members? Yeah, those ones are tough. Um, And it, it really just, it depends. I would say I, sometimes I'll go through like every teacher is like this and they all have this attitude. And, um, and so sometimes that can be like defeating. Um, I really try to play into my background as a teacher and really just try to, you know, sometimes I'll even like say like, Oh, I totally know how you feel. Like when I was teaching just so that they know that I was a teacher in the past. Um, Mm -hmm. and really with, with those staff, I try to just like move at a slower pace um, take my time building rapport a little bit more, doing some more observations than I typically would, um, really just like getting to know them. Um, sometimes actually most of the time I'll just flat out ask, what can I do to make your day just like 2% better? If I could do one thing Mm -hmm. for your classroom or for you, what would it be? And then I really just focus on that. Um, and then there, there are times, you know, where I really have to, um, problem solve and think, why are they so resistant? Are they resistant because they don't understand? Are they resistant because they disagree with this um, strategy or this method? Um, and then going back to the drawing board of how can I get them to be a little bit more um, supportive or, or what is it that they're looking for? Um, and then a lot of times to it's just kind of showing them that I'm willing to do it too. So some of those classrooms I'll say, Hey, can I work with this student for three days? Um, And so I'll be there one-to-one or I'll just like live in the classroom for three full days and I'll be their hands on doing the work with them. And sometimes I find that that gets them to be like, Oh, she's willing to do it. And so maybe she isn't so crazy. It is kind of working and it kind of gets over that hump a little bit. Yeah, I like that idea of like, hey, let, let me jump in. And not only do they get to kind of see it in action and you model it, but also like, oh, okay, if she's willing to do it, then I could be too. And and that also sometimes I think helps work out some of the kinks. Like you might notice something when you're implementing it like, oh, yeah, this is actually really hard because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that is that is part of the reason why I like to be um, coaching in the moment regardless, just because there are so many, there's so many like circumstances that occur in a school building that we're like, Oh, we didn't think about that. (laughs) So how are we going to problem solve this? And how are we going to work through that scenario? So there's so many different things that um, can be helpful when you are there with them. 
things like plan out on paper so nicely, but then in reality, it's like, oh, shoot, I totally forgot about this or this, you know, child reacted differently to this or there was a whole other schedule issue. So I think seeing Mm -hmm. things in action is always helpful and and kind of same, same thing I'd said earlier, teachers could really use this same strategy with especially their one-on-ones. Like I always liked to have days where I was the one-on-one if you could. I know that's hard pulling yourself away from the rest of the class, but to really see what's going on and have that firsthand experience. Mm -hmm. And then even in some, some cases where we were allowed to just based on the support from the administration, um, even doing like reinforcement for the adults, like, okay, if we, (laughs) every time you do X, Y, and Z, you'll get a ticket, you can turn in your tickets and we'll draw somebody to get a free lunch. Like staff is, I found them to be very motivated by food. Um, and so really, you know, playing into the reinforcement there for staff for implementing things or trying things and um, then slowly fading that away so that we're not always having to buy staff food. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the way to get people to trainings too. Like there'll be pizza or there'll be coffee. Come to this meeting. Um, right. So kind of same idea what, along with, with reluctant staff, but what about staff members that just blatantly aren't following the behavior plan? What's kind of your first step then when you see like it's just not being followed? Yeah. Um, so when that occurs, um, again, it kind of depends on like my role. Was my role there um, specifically for that behavior plan? Because sometimes I'll be in a classroom and I'll see like another behavior plan not being followed. or So I kind of just have to play that by um, depending on like which building I'm in and, and what their process is there. Um, but I do try to like document things in my observations just on my end to um, keep note of it and keep record and then just really kind of um, think about, you know, why are they not implementing this plan? Is it because it's too difficult? Is it something that they don't understand? Um, Or is it that they disagree? And then why do they disagree? So kind of just going back to that why behind their own behavior um, and then um, from their problem solving. So if it's because the plan is too complicated, which is pretty, sometimes it happens. Sometimes, you know, again, it's a great plan on paper, but then um, if you're maybe just a classroom mate and not a one-to-one and you have other responsibilities, it might be too complicated to implement. Um, or is it that they think they're doing it correctly, but they're not, again, that understanding, that interpretation where um, it's, Um, maybe wasn't modeled appropriately or something like that to them. So really just going back to that why and then um, making adjustments from there. And that'll kind of point you in the direction of what to do next. Yeah, even – and then sometimes, like, I've found really creative ways to to prompt staff um, because I try to be as, like, as least intrusive as I can. So – if I have, um, if they're working with a student who is not a reader, I'll carry a carry on a whiteboard and I'll like write instructions on a whiteboard and hold it up to them. Um, the previous school I was in, we had two-way mirrors. So I was able to sit in there and coach people through walkie talkies, which was wonderful. Um, but I'll use post-its to give people prompts. And I even had a teacher the other day who said like, sometimes I'm just so overstimulated myself that if you could give me a visual of the steps of the plan, that would be super helpful so that when I am doing five other things and then this behavior happens, I can just look at it and know exactly what I have to do. 
Um, so I love when like teachers advocate for themselves and are like, yes, I need a visual um, too, because it wasn't that she didn't understand it. It wasn't that she didn't disagree. It was just that she herself gets so flustered that she like blanks out and can't remember what she's supposed to do. Oh, I love that. And that's so understandable. Like we've all been there where, yes, you were just like so overwhelmed, too much going on. And yeah, visuals help everyone. So having that quick mm-hmm. reference, I'm sure is so helpful. Yeah. So basically, bottom line, you just got to get creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always try to, um, I never know really what my days, I mean, I generally have like a schedule and a plan, but I just try to always have like necessary things. So I carry around a binder with like um, common visuals that I may need because you just never know um, when I'm in a classroom and when I'll be back to that classroom. Um, I carry around the whiteboard, post-its, things that I can prompt the adults with, um, even use visuals that say like praise them or give them space. And I have like a, a student lanyard and an adult lanyard. And I use the student ones, like the visuals of like stop, you know, calm hands, quiet mouth, those ones for kids. But then I have ones for adults too that have like give them praise, um, give them space, ask them what they need and things like that. So I can prompt from being away and don't have to. Um, ask like kids more or be um, super intrusive. Oh, I love that idea. And then, yeah, you're not like getting it, you're not getting involved like all up in their business, but like still giving those reminders. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome, Megan. Thank you so much. I feel like you gave a lot of really actionable strategies that teachers could use with their staff or really any kind of consultant role, which any clinician, whether you're SLP, BCBA, behavior consultant, and when you're in that role of really training and leading adults, it's it's a little bit of a finesse. So you gave a lot of great strategies that people could use in their classroom and schools. So thank you so much. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here and so grateful that you had me. Awesome. Well, thanks, Megan. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum, 
everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.